Lots of discussion on Friday about Canada's spending commitments on national defense. Um, as you know, that's been in the spotlight a lot, especially since the situation unfolded in Ukraine. Um, our country's top soldier, Chief of Defense Staff Wayne Eyre, testifying before the House of Commons Defense Committee on Thursday, uh, laying out for MPs what the government's plan to take a billion dollars out of the defense budget is going to mean, especially at a time when the government has talked about increased investment in defense spending. This is all because, as you might know, um, and we've covered before, the government has asked all ministries to come up with savings of 15%. Okay, that's right across the board. Uh, they're trying to reduce the costs, uh, reduce the spending by the federal government. So every ministry has been asked to come up with ways to do that. Uh, in the de- case of the de- Department of Defense, it would be a billion dollars out of the budget. And uh, Wayne Air saying, that's not going to work. I mean, you can't, you simply can't. He said, there is no way you can take that kind of money out of the budget and not have an impact. Uh, Bill Blair, who is the defense minister, hopped on Twitter on Friday to say, hey, wait a minute, the cuts in spending in the defense budget aren't actually in areas of defense. We're not going to be cutting defense spending, uh, more so administration, bureaucracy. He mentioned travel, things like that. It's a billion dollars is a heck of a lot of travel. I think there might be more to it. Um, it's a bit of a mess. So let's try and get some clarity on this. We're going to be speaking with Dr. Rob Hubert, who is a professor specializing in defense policy at the University of Calgary. Uh, Dr. Hubert, thanks for being here again. I appreciate your time as always, sir. Oh, it's always my pleasure. So government, as we say, has ordered all ministries to find these savings. And in the case of the National Defense Department, it's a billion dollars. Now, the people there, Wayne Ayer said on Thursday, quote, there is no way you can take almost a billion dollars out of the defense budget and not have an impact. That seems pretty straightforward, right? It's hard to argue with what he's saying in that situation. Well, what even makes it worse? I mean, you're absolutely right. Yeah, you you just simply can't take 15% out of a department that has been so badly underfunded. There are also some suggestions that, you know, Blair got up and said, well, look at how much we've been increasing spending overall. So this isn't really a decrease because the trend line is up. That may not be true. Once again, we're, you know, because this government keeps so much stuff secret, we're not entirely sure. So it might even be worse than, than what we're being led to believe by people such as General Air. So when you've got the minister coming out the next day, Bill Blair, and saying, yeah, no, you can, you can. You know, we're looking at travel. We're looking at those kinds of discretionary costs. I mean, how much are they spending on travel? I mean, it just doesn't seem to make sense on the surface of it, doctor, that he thinks a billion dollars can be made up without affecting spending on actual defense. Well, I mean, the sort of the embedded part of that message is we're going to cut back on consultancy fees. Um, Right. The problem with that is on each and every one of our capital expenditures. It doesn't matter if you're talking the F-35, if you're talking the uh, the next surface combatant. You absolutely rely on those consultants to ensure that you are getting the best piece of kit that you have. Most of the consultants are ex-military, and as a result, they bring to the table an expertise that a military that has been so diminished by constant cuts and inattention you absolutely need it. So, in effect, if you're actually going to make a meaningful cut, if you're really, truly serious about cutting the consultancy capability, what he has, in fact, then just announced is we're not going to have a very good system of ensuring that we get the best equipment. And in the long term, that just means more expenses. Dr. Hubert, what does it say when you have the chief of defense staff uh, in Ottawa testifying to MPs and saying, listen, you're going to absolutely 
butcher our budget here. You're going to change things fundamentally. And then the minister coming out and saying, no, 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 it's, I mean, when we've got, you know, the minister and his top official, like as high as it gets, saying two completely different things within 12 hours of each other, what does that say about what's going on in that ministry? Well, now, of course, the question is who you're going to believe. Right, yeah. Worse. Because you turn around and you think, well, a lot of the most meaningful additions, you know, after after the defense policy came out in 2017, there's a lot of talk of doing stuff, but we saw very little evidence of that. When um, Aren becomes defense minister, we did start seeing some 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 good movement in terms, particularly when it came to NORAD modernization. And we did see seem to see some of the capital programs going ahead. And it almost seems as if that because she was being successful pushing it ahead, she then got punished by being put into being immediately transferred to a role in which she would have to come back and destroy all the inroads that she had provided by then telling, okay, you know all that good stuff that we've been pushing forward? Now you got to cut it. And so you got Blair now, I think, just desperately trying to put some good spin on it, but it's been... Pure and simple. Okay. Um, and, and like you say, uh, I think a lot of people were surprised when Anand was taken out of that portfolio. Because like you say, there were some good things happening there. So we've, we've had, you know, allies uh, around the world, a number of them, you know, give Canada pretty good dressing down for what we're doing when it comes to defense, especially around spending. What does this say? I mean, this is just more of that. The defense is not looked upon highly by our government and, and, and our allies know it. Well, so you, you know, and, and and you think about this last week in terms of of how we are responding to allies and friends. Of course, we saw the big announcement about India, and uh, regardless of of what transpires of that, the very public pronouncement and the way it was done, forget any any application of the Indo-Pakistan strategy that Canada announced to a lot of fanfare in terms of working with the Indians for the foreseeable future. We severely embarrass Zelensky by not properly vetting those individuals that are being celebrated by Parliament itself and hand Russia a huge uh, coup. And now we announce a billion-dollar cuts that the Americans, who are suspicious about our real intent, we see this percolating to the front every once in a while when we get a mild criticism the moment the Americans think that we are free riders, um, that is going to have ramifications of a huge proportion for security, but it's also going to have huge ramifications on economic cooperation with the Americans. And so it's one disaster after another when you look at our overall foreign policy tied to our defense policy. Doctor, we just announced another $650 million to uh, Ukraine when Zelensky was here last week. I mean, does it not make sense if you're the federal government to put a carve-out in for that 15% across the board for the Defense Department? I mean, it's not like they've been counting, you know, nickels and dimes throughout this administration. They they spend pretty freely. Wouldn't it make sense politically, internationally, to say to our defense, don't worry about it, you guys are exempt from this. We're actually going to increase your funding. Well, absolutely. I mean, when you look at where... You know, remember, budgets will balance themselves. And the other statement that we've heard from the PMO and the prime minister himself shows that up until now, up until the point where it looks like the conservatives are making political inroads on that issue, they haven't really cared about that. And so you sit there and say, OK, well, too bad you weren't able to focus on the defense side. And even on the so-called 600 million, recognize that that's over three years. So you're talking 200 million. Um, and 
that is going to be a drop in the bucket for what the Ukrainians need to ensure that they are not defeated by the Russians. Um, well, I've got you, and while we're talking about Ukrainian aid, what happened in the United States over the weekend with the uh, stopgap funding bill that went in, but does not include Ukraine funding. Uh, a lot of international um, officials, governments saying this is bad. This is really, really bad. We need the United States on board supporting Ukraine. Um, what's your take on what happened? Do you think that will last? And how big of a problem is it for Ukraine, NATO, the West? Well, the real at the heart of the problem here is that we're seeing extreme elements of the Republican Party, Majorine Green, and others who are absolutely against the support of of Ukraine. I mean, one thinks that they're actually being very sympathetic to the authoritative regime of Putin. And it follows what many people think in terms of how Trump, of course, has approached the issue. Mm-hmm. And so that's the first manifestation of the fact that I think there's a real serious problem developing here, because if the Americans and, and, and if there is a Republican administration that comes to power, and the Americans pull out their support, that will ultimately mean a possible defeat for the Ukrainians. And that means that, of course, that Russia, by using uh, uh, expansionary, you know, they invaded, as they did with Georgia, as they did in, in so many other instances, we'll see that their actual use of force uh, in achieving their objectives paid off. And so we can expect it to get worse. Yeah, yeah, not good. Not good at all. Uh, Dr. Hubert, as always, thank you so much for being here. I appreciate your time.